like a do-over right there it was so use take two <laughs> it's right uh take two is perfect because episode two paths unknown which i extends i had to change in my notes because i kept calling it parts unknown oh sure and then i was like that episode that title doesn't make any sense all right paths unknown uh episode two season three uh written by matt uh Miknobitz. and i didn't do any uh research but i believe we've seen some stuff from him before and yeah. of course directed oh, yes. by uh nate uh, Villanueva, who uh, you're uh, familiar extensively with his work. We got a runtime of 2653 or 2357 without intro and credits. And I think uh, you had a like, Wes, on your episode, I think you had a previously on. Oh, the, epi- the episode synopsis. Sort of kind of made, yeah, I didn't have any of that. Yeah, so yeah. I wrote my own little intro Hunter and Wrecker hot on the trail of Omega stumble upon clone cadets stranded at a destroyed Imperial facility. I jump right in so um pan down a large old castle with high dual spires stretched out like arms with hands cupped and i immediately immediately thought we were at a jedi temple oh really i actually thought we were i thought we were back on serena you remember the old jedi academy symbol yes and remember the uh a little while ago i made you guys that photoshopped version of doubling that's it up right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it does kind that of that looks so much like that that, that, I was, that a lot yeah i completely blown away so um a red hel- helmeted figure with horns indignantly demands who dares summon him and question his loyalty the charges against me are false roland durand missing horn ever prominent steps forward telling the captain to stop wasting their time Confession of his crimes may yield mercy. Roland Durand, of course, the clown prince of crime from the Bad Batch season one episode 13, infested. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Deveronian captain demands proof, but Roland claims his accomplices have been captured and already confessed. Issa Durand, Roland's mother and head of the crime family, stamps a large metal staff. Uh, you are guilty of conspiracy against this family, before stating coolly. Any last words? He tells her the syndicate has grown weak under his rule. She addresses her court. Who here agrees? The captain yells at the silence audience, raised in a clenched fist. Cowards! Issa reaches for control button, and the arm of her throne hovers over it dramatically. You are dismissed, captain. And as she presses the red ray shield at his feet disappears, and the armor-clad captain tumbles to his doom. Uh, Roland Rand is again portrayed by Tom Taylorson, whose credits include a bevy of video games. Uh, including Mass Effect and Spider-Man Miles Morales. Issa oh, Durant, man. guys. Yeah, yeah, that one that one caught me off guard. I'm right? like, what? Up what until now, on only here? mentioned is voiced by the incomparable Angela Lucky Houston, winner of the Best Supporting Actress uh, Oscar for Princey's Honor way back in 96. If you guys remember that with Jack Nicholson. Yep. 
and uh, star of the Adams Family movies. And this yeah, isn't yeah. her Patricia. first Star Wars role either. I did uh, this. I lost this completely in the weeds. She was the voice of the Sith mother in an episode of Star Wars Visions. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, it lost in the weeds on me. Yeah, man. Uh, great know. animation model, by the way. She looks very. Oh, she's fantastic, and I like the sort of the differences boss. between yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, genders. Yeah, yeah. And she's got these little long trails and stuff. Uh, she demands, "Who stands before me?" And as Roland nods, guards open a. Uh, oh, who stands before me next? Sorry. And as Roland nods, guards open a door to a throne room, and a prisoner is muscled inside. It's a pike, his hands in binders behind his back. Hunter and Wrecker shove him forward, and all three take a place up on the red ray shielded floor. At first glance, their armor appears much the same as season two, but much more heavily weathered. Roland introduces them as the mercenaries we discussed. She remarks, You have great courage to demand an audience with me, telling them that they'd be dead if not for the fact her son convinced her to consider the offer. Hunter reaches into his utility belt, tossing something to Roland, saying, And we're here to deliver. Rolling the object in his hand to examine it, it is Roland's amputated horn. Hunter tells the crime lord, You ask for the pike who disgraced your family? Wrecker slaps the prisoner on the back. He's all yours. Hunter assures oh, it won't be traced back to them. Oh, thanks. Uh, and they made it, uh, and they made sure of it. Issa Duran demands the prisoner be taken below. The pike resists, exclaiming, "No, this isn't over, Duran." Well, it kind of is. Pretty much. It's <laughs> over for you, buddy. Issa addresses the pair of clones. Impressive. Your willingness to cross the pikes shows how desperate you are. She asks why the intel they've requested in return is so valuable to them. He spill, uh, Hunter spills it plainly, telling her Dr. Hemlock stole someone from them, and he heard their syndicate had the connections needed to find the Imperial base. And since they've upheld their end, now it's your turn. Pushing a button on her throne once again, this time extending a metal walkway to the ray shield, Roland approaches them holding what looks like a data disc or a bounty puck. He tells the Batchers that Hemlock's whereabouts is, a well-guarded, uh, whereabouts is well-guarded by the Empire, but a source came across coordinates linked to his laboratory. Hunter asks if they've been verified. But Issa is finished, telling the clones, take what you came for and go before my generosity wears out, runs out. Typical crime boss. Mm-hmm. Hunter takes the disc from Roland, and, uh, who tells Hunter, I hope you find what you're looking for. The 99s leave and lift off in the Marauder. Can we go, can we go back to your first slide for a second? Uh-huh. Only Very because, yeah, yeah. I, uh, sorry, uh, go, go advance, not the first one. Can you advance a couple? The one yeah. with the pike. I want to talk about the pike for a second. Oh, sure. I love, I love the fact. I know that live action and animation there there's differences. I just love the fact that they just straight up went, don't, don't effing care. No. We're using the same animation model. This is, I prefer this version and I, it I might do. be the only one I'm willing to like, I, I I'm okay with the, uh, the live the action other one versions yeah. of everything. This is the one where I'm like, man, I would like to see the live action version tweaked I more in this almost, direction. It almost now thinking about this sort of in real time and looking at this image, I almost wonder if the pikes that we see in um, in the book of Boba Fett mm. are actual are actually humans wearing a mask, and they are just the the soldiers, the line troops of the syndicate, and oh, that the, the pike species still look like this. Well, the pikes even look a third way in Solo. Well, 
there is that too. Yeah. Well, an entire syndicate, you do need foot soldiers. I mean, they, the, they, they, the solo version looks more akin to this animation. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Than the other one. Yeah. But they are so strikingly different uh, that it's it's hard to reconcile that. But you know what? I, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought it was interesting that it's like, oh, you know, we're just gonna forget that and just go with this. I do like this version of the. <laughs> Where was we? You're right there. In hyperspace, Hunter examines a ship's computer readout and a data pad. He looks confused and then angry and then dejected. And I kept all those in because. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, as he turns to focus on Omega's Tuka doll resting in her quarters. I imagine he's pre- preoccupied with finding Omega, but I also get the impression he's doing tech work and it's just not his forte. Like he's really frustrated at a few things here. Uh, and it I just, kills me. It's a super good emotional uh, beat. Yeah, this is shot here. this is the one that made me go. Oh. Mm. It literally, I got my heart in my throat for a second, and I had to do a hard swallow yeah. to not get a little teary here. Looking at the goggles sitting on top of the of the console, and yep. it's like it's not just that the goggles are there; it's the implication that they went back to look for him, right? And that's all they got. That's all they yeah. recovered. It's there's a there's so much going on. That's why I took these three shots. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. His emotional range here is crazy. If that was an actor. You'd have to be some serious to pull that kind of thing off. Wrecker interrupts, letting uh, letting Hunter know. Echo says he and Rex need two rotations before they can meet them at the coordinates. And Hunter says it's not good enough. He said they're going to go now. Um, but the big man puts his hand on his brother's shoulder and. Hunter, the last time we stormed an Imperial base without backup, not all of us made it out. But even at the mention of tech, it doesn't deter Hunter and he heads for the cockpit. He says Omega's been waiting for a long time and he's not going to make or wait another day. And that's where I think that the conclusive uh, a rotation oh, yeah, is yeah, a day. Yeah. A day. Yes, day of contained course. Contained in course. there. The shuttle leaps from hyperspace at an unidentified green, pale water and land world. As they descend through the atmosphere, it's revealed to be a lush, steaming, temperate forest. Landing in a tight clearing, the pair disembark. Record comments that it smells like a rancid Jotaz before lowering his helmet. Uh, Jotaz, if you guys uh, a are, deep cut. are privy, it's a deep cut. I thought that was pretty great. A deep it's a cut. large, monstrous predator from the planet Zepho. And if you play yeah. Jedi Fallen Order... You've likely killed one or two of these yeah, beams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or I been killed by one. Or been killed several <laughs> times. Hunter doesn't pick anything up on scanners, thinking the Empire could be jamming them. Uh, they proceed deeper into the dense forest, teeming with plant life and animal sounds all around them. Hunter comes up on a high ledge overlooking a huge structure covered with thick vines and overgrowth. As Wrecker finally catches up, he remarks, Whoa. As Hunter scans the area with macro binoculars, oh no. Wrecker asks if that's Hemlock's lab. Hunter tells him they destroyed it. It's another orbital bombardment. But Omega, Wrecker starts. If she was here, Hunter cuts him off. We don't know if she was. The Durand intel could be wrong. He wants to get a closer look. What was the comment there? Oh, a comment from Sarah. She said the uh, the Jotas Jedi yeah. Fallen Order reference was cool. It was so cool. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Moving quickly and capably through the terrain, Hunter stops dead, his left fist raised in the, in the halt signal. He remarks aloud, we're not alone. 
and a pair of young boys jump from the trees, brandishing improvised weapons. Freeze, one of them yells. Drop your weapons, the other one demands. Wrecker laughs. Blaster beats stick, kid. That's the best line in the episode. <laughs> Blaster beats stick, kid. But Wrecker, and he's probably going to blast him, too. You get that impression? I, you know, if, <laughs> I thought I mean, he was going to shoot. I mean, maybe on stunt. If he stunt, came right but, down to it, sure, sure. Wrecker, uh, Blaster beats stick, kid, but Hunter waves him down. Wrecker, they're regs. And who are you, one of the lads asks. Soldiers remove their helmets. We're clones. Same as you. One cadet, one cadet recognizes them as 99s, calling them defectives. Wrecker corrects him. Defective and effective. Hunter <laughs> asks what they're doing out here. They're trying to survive. No thanks to the Empire. They want to know if the, the clones have been sent to finish them off. Wrecker asks if they look like we're with the Empire. The young clones ask what they want, and Hunter tells them about Omega. And he's, he's, he's telling everybody. Like, if anybody else wants to find Omega, he's telling everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you want to come? You no, want to come too? You might as anybody well put else? out an ad. Have you seen this girl? Um, where is that? Sorry. Uh, the you young clones ask. Uh, put it on the back of the Mantelman's box. <laughs> um, uh, the young clothes ask what they want, and Hunter tells them about Omega and how she may have been at the lab. One boy remarks, he's never seen anyone like that, but Mox might know about her. The other boy protests. He won't want to talk to them. Hunter asks, please, saying they have to find her. She's part of their squad. Uh, the slightly taller clone tells them, stick to the trail, follow our steps, and don't touch the vines. Uh, Deke and Stack, those are the names of those two clone cadets, are voiced by New Zealand actor Julian Dennison. He's a busy child actor who's now 26 and uh, still working in live action and doing lots of voice work. And uh, he's trying to uh, establish himself as an adult actor. So he's trying to break Did away we from to see him in something. Was he not he was... Uh, Fire Fist in Deadpool 2? Oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yes, he was. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Was he one of the kids in uh, in uh, the Santa Claus the the series? Was he one of the elves with uh, the patch? Still haven't watched that series. Oh, man, sorry. Yeah. No, he's he's got a lot of credits to his his work. Very cool. And I was surprised that it wasn't um, uh, Daniel was Logan. Daniel Logan. I was surprised. Um, they proceed slowly, methodically through the dense forest. Deke telling them that when the temple transferred them off. Camino, well, when the Empire, sorry, when the Empire transferred them off Camino, they thought they were headed for more training. Instead, they made them prisoners, took samples of their blood. Hunter asks why. What was the Empire doing here? Whatever they wanted, a cadet returns, at least they escaped before the facility was destroyed. Hunter is impressed that they survived out here ever since. Stack says, we're soldiers, or we're supposed to be. Eventually, Wrecker, against warning, touches a mine. Stack commence, turns to tell Record to yeah commence horror movie <laughs> yeah commence horror movie which they've dipped so heavily into that genre for Bad Batch like at least oh, twice yeah. maybe three times a season we've gone into like some sort of uh, Stack turns and tells Record stop as a vine slithers behind him Deke yells out for them to run but Hunter and Wrecker stand their ground firing their blasters at the huge living vine and they are cautioned not to fire they get hostile when you shoot Wrecker quips. It's not already hostile. Both cadets in unison scream, no. Backed against a tree, a vine snags Wrecker, enveloping like a boa constrictor and hoisting him into the air. 
Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> <laughs> the squad leader quickly pulls his vibro blade and leaping off the tree, severs the vine and record tumbles to the ground free, the severed part and several other vines retreating into the thick foliage. The cadets call them and run off. The soldiers follow suit, coming to a clearing, stopping so that record can finally catch his breath. <laughs> yeah, you could see that coming. <laughs> I knew Wrecker would be the one to touch yeah. the slither vines. <laughs> no doubt. You could see it coming. That's like looking at a, at a child and saying, don't touch that. There's three adults <laughs> here and Wrecker's not one of them. That's right. <laughs> now, when he cuts the vine, though, it does give off some sort of like... Oh, uh, there's like an ichor or whatever. dust or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that like referencing uh, M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening? Oh, I don't know. Where the grass tried know. to kill everyone. I, mm, I don't know. Did not see that one. It's funny that it takes Hunter with his like regular size knife when like Wrecker's got like a freaking vibro sword on his. Right, boat. right, right, right. Yeah, that's funny as heck. Wrecker uh, can finally catch his breath. What was that stuff? The large trooper pants his question. Stack tells him Slithervines. The Empire made it. Some kind of experimental weapon. They lost control of it. Decads. Probably why they ordered a base Delta Zero on their own facility. The boys tell the older clones that they'll be safe in the crag. The vines haven't spread there yet. And this time, don't touch anything. Wrecker is glib. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this time. After a short journey, night has set in and the quartet arrive at a shallow cave in a high rock base. A slightly older crone tends to a fire in a barrel in the cave center. Storage crates and a lamp aid with comfort. One of the younger boys calls out, Mox! who jumps up with a start. Who are they? Mox. Uh, finally, Mox voiced by Daniel Logan, voice of the young clones and young Boba yeah, Fett young Boba. all of yeah. the Clone Wars uh, animated series. Uh, so that's kind of neat that they are pulling from a few different things, maybe generational. I, you know, but Daniel Logan as a, as an ambassador for Star Wars has been like that's a why I, champion, right? That's why I chose the picture of him dressed like Boba Fett. Absolutely. I mean, He's, yeah. He's very active on the convention circuit. He's, you know, he's obviously a fan. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, let him and Sam Whitweer loose on the convention circuit together. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just uh, fantastic. Yeah. Deke replies, clones, we found them by the overlook. The bachelors remove their helmets, record remarking, nice place you got here. Mox wants to know what they want. And Hunter says, Lays out the quest again for Mox. This is the third time he's laid it out uh, in this episode, actually. Uh, Mox never saw a girl around the rab lab, but he knows Hemlock. He was in charge of things until it changed. One day, the Imperials just started packing up and shipped out. That's when the cadets made their move and escaped. They were the only ones to make it out before the orbital bombardment. Even the other clones left us to die, Stack remarks. Said they were just following orders. Wrecker sympathizes. We get it. We lost people, too. Hunter tells the young clothes that they can take them someplace safe, but they need to find out if Omega was here or where Hamlock took her. He theorizes aloud that there must be some intel in that base. Deke looks up. One of the control panels was still intact on our last scout. He tried to use it to send a signal, but it had no power. Hunter asks if he can take him there, but Stack objects immediately. No way. That area is covered in slither mines. It's toxic. Mox stands and agrees. That's right. Going near those ruins is a suicide mission. He tells the two soldiers, you're on your own. But Deke knows they need help and volunteers to go with them. Grabbing a light from a storage box, grabbing a light from a storage box, Stack calls after him. You know the risk of going down there, but brave Deke leads the way into the night. Stack states to mock he thought Deke was the smart one. 
it's pretty cool to see these kids like um so the whole time we've been like what's the you know around the time of the mandalorian yeah and all the clones we're familiar with and we're we're what like we we like one of the dream questions is is rex still alive circa that time oh yeah, yeah and that's yeah. asking a lot uh because of how old he was in rebels yes but this gives you the idea that there could still be clones around of of a recognizable age like you know what i mean like a i do yeah like a 30 something yeah. clone in that era um because all sorts of age groups of them uh sort we're of getting uh, churned out at the same time. we don't know the when the time. last last clones were were essentially uh, bottled right exactly well, you know technically we do well i guess so Just yeah yeah before they blasted off yeah 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 no you're right yeah. you're right yeah. Uh, I like the, the other thing that this sequence does is it tells us that there were other scientific research facilities active, not yeah. just, uh, 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 Tantus on Whalen. No, absolutely. Confirm that in episode three. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, so in, uh, with one line, he confirms, you know, Oh yeah. Yeah. Just how far reaching sure. it is. And that they're sure. experimenting with more things than just cloning. They're like, tampering with beasts they're tampering well with exactly vegetation. here we are like yeah like if we could just lay down some vegetation that would do the job all, for us, all right? kinds of dark arts going on here right right and then to lose control of it what else did they lose control of right 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 what else is out there <laughs> the the Zillow beast? <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah Don't let that one slip from your mind <laughs> oh no yeah, yeah. yeah making their way uh uh, deke tells them that he can get them inside the ruins but they won't get anything from the console without a power source Record tells them that they got that covered. They just need to grab something from the ship. Deke asks how long Omega has been gone, and Hunter tells him it's been a long time, but they won't give up. Deke wishes the other clones felt that way about him and his brothers. You may be defective CTs, but at least you're loyal. As the trio approaches the Havoc Marauder, Deke is agog. Whoa, your ship has seen some action. Hunter tells him mostly during the war, some after. Deke ruminates that he thought he'd be flying one of these one day on a mission. A lot's changed. Wrecker appears at the top of the ramp, Gonky strapped upside down to his back, gonking away. He tosses Deke a breath mask. It looks like Omega's, but it's likely just a standard issue. Lead the way, kid. And Deke dons the respirator. One thing here, when they first departed the ship, when they first land, yeah. I was getting ticked. I'm like, oh my God, are you guys leaving your ship open again? No, they locked it. They actually, they locked, actually it locked it up this time. And they, they locked did. it this time as well. Yeah, and it didn't matter. Apparently I was, <laughs> I was just excited that you know we didn't get to add another use for a power droid this episode. <laughs> use it for actual its actual purpose. Right, right, right. It's not a gaming table. <laughs> That's right. Or a or a tea service. A tea service. <laughs> uh, after a, a short no. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Ship beacon. Yeah. <laughs> the commercial for one of those would be amazing. After a short time, they arrive at the ruined Imperial facility. Deke tells them that there are slither vines, vibes. My, my, I kept uh, changing vines to vibes. Apparently, slither I read vibes. that word. Everybody slither wants vibes. a slither vibe. Uh, inside, everywhere. Be careful where you step. And after a while of traversing dark, vine-laden corridors, Wrecker complains, how much further to the console? And about the same time, I actually was moaning out loud going, how much like I can't see this episode at all. <laughs> it's it how much dark. longer are we going to walk through the dark here? 
I uh, actually, this is the first season of animation uh, that I've watched on our new TV because mm. we got it after the last season ended. Yeah. I actually stopped. I'm like, is my brightness up? The brightness on my TV, as it were, was set to a hundred percent. I actually yeah. had to go in and raise the black level. Right. I had to decrease the black level just to be able to make out detail. Yeah, a lot of it, I was screenshotting in the dark to tell you the truth, and then pulling yep. the image out of that with a yep. with an editor. And yep. I was, I got some good results, but it was quite dark, man. Oh yeah. Uh, after a while, traversing dark, uh, vine-laden corridors, record complaints. How much further to the console? But D can't tell because the vines have grown worse, dripping in other unsettling noises of both Wrecker and Hunter on high alert. And the air in there is just full. All that yeah, interest. that dust, and yeah, yeah. there's a few shots yeah, of it, yeah, like yeah. just like spores or what have you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, something approaches the group from behind and snatches Geek, coiling around him and dragging him upside down to the ceiling. Uh, the deadly vine winds around his body and head. Hunter swiftly cuts him free as Wrecker catches the boy. There's a strange, echoey turtle combined with a high-pitched squeaking noise. It begins to fill the corridor. And as Hunter trains his light on the source, he reveals a creature that looks like a cross between a Geiger alien, an insect, and a Brussels sprout. <laughs> yes, a, a, pair of these, yeah, a pair of these creatures race off away when exposed to the flashlights. Hunter wants to keep moving. But they are cut off instantly by a creature in front of them that leaps uh, at them incredibly quickly, but not as quickly as Hunter, who blasts the thing in one shot. It takes it, though, and scampers out of a, uh, up a wall and out of sight. The clones now at a full run with the creatures slowly following the group. These are babies. Babies. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These slither vines. Babies. And they love their rolls of concentric teeth here at Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely do. I mean, uh, between the Sarlacc and the Mamacor and yeah. now this. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. You figure you got a Sarlacc for the desert, you got a Mamacor for the water. Oh, yeah. And this is yeah. like, the jungle the version. version. Yeah. And what do we get? We got ice. We got spiders in the ice. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Back at the crag, Mox can't stop pacing. Stack wonders what they're waiting for. They should just take the ship and get out of here. But Mox, Mox, Mox asks, what about Deke? Stack thinks he's made his choice. But Mox believes if they leave him behind, they're no better than the troopers who did the same to them. He believes the two clones that they just met seem different risking their lives to find a squad member. He respects that, but Stack doesn't believe they'll make it back from the ruins. And if they wait and the vines reach the ship, their chance will be gone. Mox contemplates, where's the ship? It's funny that the vines reaching stuff is only a concern now. And the, these kids have like, you get the <laughs> yeah. these kids have been here for like weeks, if not months. Right. Right. And they may like, have been moving the whole time, like back and back. And yeah, maybe, maybe. Back with the Batchers and Deke, the approach is mired with dank black pools which bubble gas to the surface. Wrecker remarks that he thought it couldn't smell worse, but he was wrong. <laughs> Deck spots the console, and the group must leave from platform to platform before they reach the control panel. A large chunk of debris has fallen and blocks access to it directly, and as they exert themselves to lift the heavy mass of Durasteel off it, it tumbles away down into one of the murky pools, and it begins to bubble more intensely. Wrecker removes Gonky from his back, writes him, and plugs a wire jack from the panel, removes a wire jack from the panel and plugs it into him. The panel jumps to life. Hunter plugs a data pad on a jack into its surface with a similar connection wire. 
Hunter spins, turning his light into the darkness. He senses something before the rest. Something's coming, he tells them. We need to make this quick. Um, more of those things, Wrecker asks? No. Something else. Deke says he's familiar with the system, but he needs some time to see. <laughs> they always need time. It's, it's never need instant. More time. I need you to buy me some time uh, to see what data he can pull up. Deke begins the download. Hunter and Wrecker take up defensive positions when suddenly there's a great loud rumbling and a black pool begins to bubble violently. Abruptly, a huge vine bursts from the black ooze, slamming down on the console platform floor, knocking Deke down the side as he drops his light. Hunter and Wrecker release a barge of fire and the gigantic vine slinks back into the muck. A vine erupts from below them and then another. Undulating and swirling, they dart for the team of clones. I have a lot of slides with because a lot was happening. Like it's oh, yes. hard to describe the map. No, no, the, it's uh, true. The action, yeah. Uh, at the Marauder, Stack hot wires the door and Mox leads the way up the ramp. Mox immediately heads to the cockpit, inspecting the controls, asking Stack if he really thinks he can fly it. I was top of my class back in Camino, Stack boasts. Mox, uh, Mox, <laughs> it's hard to say Mox and Stack in, in uh, back to back. <laughs> uh, where would we go? And his brother believes that anywhere would be better than this. Suddenly, he's distracted by a DC-17 blaster. Mox spots Omega's Tuca doll and stares for a moment before Calm Chatter breaks the silence. It's Deke. Mox! Mox! Stack! The vines! They're everywhere! Help! We need help! Mac, you Mox! Know, come in, Mox! It's a, it's a shitty thing to be like, we're going to steal the ship. But then it just works out that we're going to steal the ship, like just right place at the right time, yes. maybe for the wrong reasons. But I kind of like the idea that maybe in the back of head, Mox wasn't fully committed to this yet. So that he was amorphous about the plan. Yeah. 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 Uh, where are we? Blasting vines. There it is. With the monstrous living vines. Did I switch? I did. With the monstrous living vines pressing their attack, Hunter tells Deke, time's up. Get the data pad. Becker scoops up Gonky and they flee just as a humongous appendage smashes the panel. The clones scatter, climbing to the landing above, to the hallways. More and more hulking vines burst through the floor of the ruins, smashing everything they touch. A large piece of floor gives way, sending Deke careening down, but he's grabbed at the last moment by Hunter, who pulls him to safety. They run down a corridor and slitter vines chase them as they come to a dead end and the corridor descends into a black, murky liquid. They... they um. They stay the vine. Oh, okay, that makes sense. They stay the vine with blaster fire as a large sheet of wall floats by. The three leap to it, away from the vines. All around them, enormous vines explode from the inky depths, and the group struggles in vain to fend off the creature. The creatures. When suddenly, Hunter looks up, and a bright light, like a guardian angel, approaches. It's the Marauder, stacked steady at the controls, moving quickly. Mox opens the side hatch, lowering three retractable winch cables, dodging vines, striking from every direction. Wrecker and Deke both begin their ascent as Hunter covers them. It's quite fast stuff. The gargantuan vines reach up and attack the shuttle, ensnaring its wings. Hunter jumps to the winch and begins to ascend as an incredibly massive maw emerges from the black ooze, concentric rows of razor-like teeth or thorns snapping open and closed. Sarlacc much? Yeah, really. <laughs> got, a, got a Slave 1 kind of vibe going on. Vibe there. going on, yeah. 
Geek makes it to the platform, and his brother uh, and the brothers rain suppressive fire into the mouth of the deadly creature. Hunter remarks, "We need more firepower," and he arms and drops a thermal detonator into the toothy jaws. It explodes, but only serves to anger the beast. Record notes, "It's not enough," yelling up to the lads, "Grab a case of explosives." To think back in Jedi, that one little thermal detonator. Thermal detonator is a big deal, right? Like it's a big deal. Grenade on steroids, right? There are dozens. They feed this thing dozens. Yeah. yeah. Deacon Mox rush to the ammunition crates and drag one to the gantry as the creature draws the shuttle ever closer to destruction. As Stack struggles to control the ship, the other cadets tip the open crate into the beast's horrifying mouth. Saving one thermal detonator as the lighter for the wick, Deke arms it and tosses it in. This is my favorite moment of... uh, Where where it kind of bounces a second before falling in. Like a a basketball uh, on the hoop. Dramatically, the explosive ball bounces off a tooth and then rims the inside of the mouth like a basketball in a net at a buzzer beater before it falls, scoring the win. In a wave of dozens of explosions which light the creature up hot white, it finally releases the shuttle and Stack pulls up and away as Hunter and Wrecker board. The, the gigantic vine beast slumps beneath the murky uh, the murk, grievously wounded if not destroyed, and the heroes and young cadets head for orbit. Safely in hyperspace, Hunter returns to focus. <laughs> I at first wrote brooding, but I mean that's <laughs> that's what he's doing. But he returns to focusing on the mission, data pad in hand. He spots the cadets and Wrecker in the cockpit exchanging war stories. Wreck laughs with the boys' tussling hair, far less grim than Hunter, who approaches the group solemnly. No mention of uh, so you're trying to steal our car. <laughs> right, right. As far as he's concerned, they just rescued them. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Still on task. A locked car. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> nice job, hot wiring. Still, still on, uh, still on task. He tells them that he's been going over the 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 data, and it looks like Hemlock transferred his entire operation to a new location. Mox asks if the intel gave a location, but Hunter admits it's only a mention of a sector. Rucker says, "If that's where Omega is, that's where we're going." Hunter tells the boys they'll be dropped off somewhere safe. Uh. And the boys say where, and he tells them it's an island where you'll be well taken care of, referring to Pabu, I would think, right? Mm-hmm. Did we not have some serious concerns about the future of Pabu? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, is Pabu going to be like this idyllic paradise for much longer? Maybe. Totally sending them from the uh, the pan into the fire, maybe. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, referring to Pabu from season two episode, no doubt. Mixed. Uh, Mox mix. Mox feels like being cadets without an army leaves him wondering where they fit in. So it's kind of like they have the same sets of emotions the the others had headed to the island. So it's yeah, this yeah. magical place of catharsis. I don't get Hunter, to be a soldier anymore. Right. Hunter yeah. tells them that they have time to figure it out. And that's the thing I was talking about earlier too. Like uh, this this age clone active in the world at this time means like that we could bump into a a fully, you know, a clone in their prime. So yeah. Mandalorian yeah, would be yeah, super yeah. cool. Uh-huh. Um, Mox feels like, um, oh, Hunter tells them they have time to figure it out, to make their own path, to be something other than a soldier. But he admits that his and Wrecker's mission isn't over yet. Mox and Hunter link arms as brothers, and the camera pans to Omega's Tuka doll, lingering for a moment. Cut to black. Hmm. 
man. They're using that Tuca doll a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's the emotional heartstring puller. It yeah, is. Visible it really is. To her. Right, and, and her struggling with making her own. Her link to them is it's yeah. all through this this creature. There is so much that's happened off camera for these two. When I say that, I mean Hunter and, and Wrecker. Yeah. yeah. Hunting down a pike and getting that in. Right. And I mean, if this is in real time, so let's say this is day 165 on Omega's cell and they're just right. here now, like what has been going on? They've been chasing down every facility they think they could go. That's right. Yeah. And so now I, I, I question, I go back to season one and season two. Is there still a connection to Sid? I think no, not after the season finale. You don't think so? You think oh, they're done, done? The Maybe not. Said, well, that's true. Called, that's they true. might bump into her. Yeah, yeah. Only to shoot her. I, I kind of thought. Twice in this episode, more... we were in hyperspace for an undetermined amount of time, too. Yeah, but we, you know, since the, the, uh, since the Disney era of Star Wars, they, they played with... loose with, with hyperspace. There's yeah, no they more. They fixed it with Ahsoka. I thought they fixed it with Ahsoka. They don't really give us any real indication of passage of time, though. Well, oh, there's a little when, when a training session, sail, right? and I, I guess because they take off in the ring ship, and then they have like yeah. what a two day lead. Oh, that's true. And then when Ahsoka and the whales show up, that's true. That is true. But I mean, hyperspace as we understood it in the eighties, yeah. yeah, right, with was the like weeks and months, and yeah, games. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now we get to like show uh, uh, movies like Solo and Rogue One and the sequel trilogy, and we can go anywhere in the galaxy in minutes. Mm. You know what I mean? Like no appreciable sense of like how long it's yeah, going right, to be. Right, 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 right. My well, concern but, about this, they're about to drop three clones off of Pabu. Oh, yeah. Who still have their chips. Do they? That's a good question. They're neither one of them. That's a good question. Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm to remove it. Or they were cloned without. I don't think they were because they said they were That's transferred true. off oh, Camino right. and everybody right. came off Camino had chips. Which goes back to the, our, our question of is it is the chip automatically activated in every clone or do they need the verbal? They need the, the, the actual. Well, I mean, comics would suggest phrase. you need it. You need the code phrase. Yeah, yeah. Which is, it, which, which is what activates you. So, I mean, they, they could, you know, somebody in a bar could be talking about it. Remember casually talking, Hey, you remember what happened during order 66? This is the 66th time I've been here and suddenly they're (laughs) killing everybody in the bar. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Very interesting stuff. Um, I'm glad that potentially, even if it's just uh, a mention that we're going back to Pabu, um, Well, we know from the trailer that fee is going to play a role. Oh, that's right. And she's, yeah, she's been hanging out there. Yeah. Cause that's where we left her. That's right. Right. Our, uh, yeah. Our, uh, antiquities collector. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Liberator of, what was it? Liberator of fantastic artifacts or something. Something like that. I suspect one of those things is virginity. <laughs> Protect. <laughs> In this episode, I was like thoroughly bored with the first time I watched it. Uh, and it grew on me after I got to know the boys a little better. And I really liked the sequence um, at Issa Duran's uh, castle. I like the fact that's a great that cold open to revisit uh, Roland, who was like you said, the laughing stock. Um, that was the first time we've actually seen them be mercenaries, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, yeah, I guess this, we were sort of described the whole the whole premise was that they were mercenaries in the wake of not being part of the Empire anymore. I think and that was the first time we've actually seen them. Me. working working for sid and doing jobs for yeah. money yeah 
kind of fits the bill, but they were always doing things like to the betterment of whoever they were working for. Like the A team, they're just helping. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's right. Right. That's right. And therein is uh, episode two. Mm -hmm. Episode two. Does anybody need a break? I'm still good. Still good. Hank, you need a break? I'm good to go. Hopefully you guys are still hanging with us and uh, you're ready to keep this thing uh, rocking and rolling as we, uh, we move on, on to uh, episode three. And he's going to take us through that one here in just a couple seconds when he gets, Do I need to remove my up. slides or you guys are, you guys uh, can control that. I think we can manage I think we can this one. Yeah, okay. Um, your notes are over here. Andy, I got to minimize this one. Show notes. No shouts. No, don't do that. And whatever you do, try not to say cross whore. I'm going to say cross whore forever now. <laughs> that's uh, that's probably one of the better flubs I've made. I want that t-shirt bad. <laughs> don't be a cross whore. Don't, don't be a cross, cross whore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we got an image, we could do a t-shirt. We could get an image of mm. crosshair and like put it like in a, drag. A way- yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a cross whore. Although that might offend some people. Uh, that's entirely possible. Yeah. Which it was a, it was a completely intentions. innocent uh, flub. I honestly totally yeah. was. I mean, I think everybody kind of understood that. <laughs> I hope so. Anyway, alrighty. So uh, I'll just queue up our little video, and it'll. Oh yeah, let's run officially. Be let's, oh, let's yeah. have our uh, official episode break for those who are. Paying See you next week. Yeah, <laughs> or in a couple seconds. <laughs> be right back. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms.